everybody have some cards on their table? You have a deck of cards? <laughs> we're not doing a poker tournament, although I did think about that for a minute. But no, we're not doing a poker tournament this morning. Uh, we're playing spades, although that's one of my favorite card games ever. Uh, and I used to be pretty good. I can't speak to right now, but I used to be pretty decent at it. Uh, but no, we're not doing any of that. But just hold on to those cards. want to make sure everybody has one set at your table. So if we're good, if you don't have a set, let me know. It should have been enough, right? We had six. Okay, good. All right, awesome. We'll use those in just a few minutes, so just hang tight on that, uh, and we'll get to that. So we are wrapping up. This is it. This is the last week on our series uh, entitled Good Enough, What Following Jesus Really Looks Like. Uh, Last week, we talked about how Jesus gives us criteria to practice good judging, because two weeks before that, we practiced, uh, we talked about how Jesus says not to judge wrongly. So we talked about good judging and how we can need to look at ourselves first and listen to others and see what they're talking about to kind of have at least a better idea of who they are, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? We mentioned that last week. And so this week, we wrap things up by looking at our actions, right? So last week's words, this week's actions. Does the things we do match the words we say? And I thought this was a super relevant question in our day and age. It's it's for every age, but for our day and age especially, because uh, we live in a society that is uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat society, right? We live in a very, very polished, a very uh, uh, way to present yourself to the world where nobody has to know the real you. You can make you look as good or as bad as you want to, right? So whatever your Facebook profile looks like, you get to curate that. You get to make it how you want to. You can use Snapchat filters to make your face and your body look the way you want it to look. It could be silly. It could be funny. It could be better, whatever it is. We live in a world where we, people don't really get to know who we really are, right? We filter, we edit, we undo, we crop our lives to present the best of us, don't we? Well, if we admit it or not, most of us do. To the majority of the world, the, the profile that we have says who we are. But what we're really about, who we really, really, truly are, really beyond all the, all the social media, beyond all the, the paint and beyond all the editing that we put on ourselves, that authentic us, that true self, really stays hidden for most people, doesn't it? There's probably only a handful of people in our lives that really know what we're really about, that really know what's going on in here. And a lot, most of us try to keep it that way, right? We don't like a lot of people in our lives getting in our stuff and, and trying to figure us out. We would want to keep them at a distance. And that can be good and that can be bad. But good or bad, we all do it. Now, people in Jesus' day didn't have Facebook or Snapchat, right? So when we read here in Luke, it's not going to come up. But they were still human. And they still had images to protect, which is exactly what we do, right? They have egos to feed, just like us. And Jesus knew that. And he wanted to make sure that they understood the level of authenticity that he was looking for. He wasn't looking for parents that sounded like him, but people who would give it all away to follow him. And so after giving a long spiel, and we've been over this week after week, and if you hadn't had a chance to, to be with us, please catch up at our podcast. Again, faithchurchvt.com slash listen, or you can find it any podcast app out there. So you can go back and listen to all these messages we've been going through. Uh, but we've been talking about what Jesus is doing that morning. He's calling his disciples. He's telling them how to live. He's, he's calling out those that live differently. And so this morning he's saying, okay, how does your life look inside and out? So Luke 6, 46 and 47, we're going to start here. He says this. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them I will show you what he is like. And we're going to get to that part in a minute. 
The question Jesus is asking and answering here, is it good enough to simply say, I believe in Jesus? You don't have to answer that out loud. Just think about that. For his disciples that morning, some of them thought so, right? He said, you, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Meaning that some of them knew the correct words to say. They were good at sounding the part. He says, why do you call me Lord and then don't do what I've told you to, though, right? So Lord here means, in the Greek, means master, means authority, means someone who is in a position uh, to, to give orders and give commands, right? So Jesus is saying, why do you say I'm in authority, but don't live like it? Why do you say I'm the one in charge of your life, but then day after day, you ignore what I'm telling you to do? The disciples that morning mentally accepted that Jesus was in charge. They, they verbally admitted. They cried out, hey, say, Lord, I, I understand that you're master. Lord, I get it. I know who you are. They verbally said that, but were they willing to really live with him in charge? You see, recognition of authority doesn't indicate submission to that authority, does it? I know that Bennington County has laws. I know they have a police force, right? And I know that those police enforce those laws. And I may know those laws inside and out. I may have them figured out down to a science. I may could quote you one after the other after the other. But none of those things means anything unless I'm actually obeying the law, right? Right? I can choose to live my life with me in charge and never live by anything that Bennington County says I'm supposed to do Never live under their authority as long as I don't get caught, right? Yeah, we can all do it, and most of us do, right? I'm sure that none of us have, have ever burned a fire without a permit, right? I'm sure none of us have ever done that. Uh, I'm sure that none of us have ever, uh, you know, sped when we we're supposed to be going 50. I'm sure nobody's done that. I know we've all, we've all done it until we get caught, right? We think, well, I can, I can bend the rules to make it fit what I think is good and what I think is right and what I need. The same is true of Jesus. I can know of Jesus, I can even believe in Jesus, and I can still live my own way. Jesus says, everyone who comes to him and hears my words and does them, right? Verse 47 indicates that there's levels of commitment here. There's levels of submission to his authority. And it starts by coming, so, all right? This is, this is three levels we're going to work with real quick. So it starts by coming. We can recognize that Jesus has some good things to say, Right? And that if we listen and apply some of them, then maybe it'll help us in life. We'll call this commitment level like internet level Jesus, all right? This is internet Jesus. This is like, if you're like me, you run into a problem, maybe you're trying to fix something, or maybe you're out working on a car, working in your house, and you're like, man, I don't know how to cut this, or I don't know how to run this wire this way. So, you know, you look up YouTube video, and YouTube has everything, right? So you can go on YouTube, you can find a video of a person baking a cake, uh, you open them on Christmas present, whatever you got, there's a YouTube video there for you to be able to understand how to do this process, right? And so you look at this YouTube video and think, oh, perfect, let me scroll through. I'm going to find somebody who looks like halfway decent, who maybe can figure this out or has done it before and I trust them. Okay, that guy looks okay. And then you click on it and then you kind of skip to the part you need because there are always a bunch of stuff you don't need to listen to. So you skip to the end to get to your part that you want to hear and, and you do it, right? You apply it. You know, tomorrow you might run into a different problem and you look for a different source. You go to YouTube and you do it all over again. Spiritually, we do that too. We do it too. We say, well, I like this. I've got this problem going on in my life, so you know, maybe, maybe that, that sounds good. Let me, let me do that. And then, oh, okay, well, Jesus said this. Well, that sounds pretty good too. Maybe I should kind of plug and play that one in. And you kind of just have a hodgepodge of religion and spirituality going on in our lives. We all do this. What happens is it's a, it's a level of commitment to him, right? We're only, we're only 
willing to admit that we need a little bit of help, and therefore we only have to give up a little bit of control, right? So you say, well, that sounds good. Jesus fits in this part of my life, but the rest of it I don't need him for. I'm just going to put the Jesus patch here, and the rest can stay my own deal. So that's coming to him. Next is hearing him. After coming, and if you, if you, you plugged in, you're like, okay, I, I hear Jesus in this part of my life. Maybe we actually want to listen to what he says, right? And in doing so, maybe you actually come to believe that he really is who he says he is, right? That he loves us, that he lived for us, that he died for us, that he rose again so that we can live with him in heaven forever, and, to, and he rescued us from hell, right? We may get to that part in our lives. We're like, yeah, I got this. I believe that. I'm ready to follow him there. We're willing to put him in charge of eternity, but we not, might not be so sure about letting him in to live the rest of our lives, right? And I said, well, that's good. You got me in heaven, Jesus. I appreciate that. I got the rest till we get there, right? I call this commitment level fire insurance Jesus, right? <laughs> this is, that's what we buy, right? Or emergency room Jesus. When our lives are in major crisis, we run to him. We say, oh man, I need help. I know, I know that you can provide the ultimate need. I'm gonna run to you right now. And we run to him, we get the help that we need. And as soon as we're just good enough, when things smooth out, we say, well, that's good. Let me put you back on the shelf. Let me, let me close up that fire, uh, that fire alarm. I don't need that right now. I'll pull it later, and you can come back when I need help. But until then, you stay up there. I'll stay down here, and we'll work it out. All right? That's fire insurance Jesus, emergency room Jesus. That's coming. That's hearing. Doing is the next one, right? Where he ultimately wants us where he wanted his disciples that morning, where he was willing to call them out and say, stop calling me Lord, Lord. If you can't do what I tell you to do, forget anything about me. Press in on this. He says, I want you doing what I say day in and day out. He's looking for us to give everything over to him and to live out his words in our lives day after day after day. Now, most of us have someone that we love that we would drop everything for if they called us. I want you to think about that person for a minute. Think about it. Who's that person? You got one person. You don't have to tell me who it is. But just think about that. That one person that if they called you right now, right here even in the middle of church, that you would say, yep, I can be there right now to come help you. You probably have that one person. And I hope you do. Right? It's a good person to have, that person in your life that you're super committed to, that you're willing to drop everything for them. And I pray, I so pray, that you have somebody in your life that's willing to do that for you. I really do. If you don't, this is the place to find that person, right? Let me, let me clarify that. The church is about that, right? So we should be willing to drop everything for each other. So hopefully you have that person in your life already. If not, find somebody here. Because that's what Christ on the cross did for us. That's exactly what he did for us. He died so that we might have life and have it abundantly now, not just later. And he calls us to live it for him. He's calling out to us, just as he called the disciples. Yeah, it's, it was harsh. Yes, it hurt them, I'm sure, when he said this, but he did it for a reason. He's calling out to us this morning. He says, I know that you're struggling with debt. I know there are days when you have a hard time keeping enough food in the fridge. I know there are days when you feel so overwhelmed that you just want to sit and you want to cry. I know that there are days when your so-called friends run you down behind your back. But look up. Look up. The battle is already won. The victory party is right up ahead. Keep looking up. Keep loving those while you're looking up. Keep loving those who hate you. 
Keep blessing those who curse you. Keep giving to those who ask of you. Keep giving mercy to others as he has given it to us. Forgive the unforgivable as he's forgiven us who is unforgivable. Speaking with gentleness, speak with respect, even to those who spit in your face. Press on day by day, listening and doing, and it'll turn out okay. That's what he's telling his disciples that morning. That's what he's telling us this morning. The victory's already won. The battle's done. Live it like it's won, day in and day out. And he told them in verse 47, because Jesus loved to give examples, and he loved to bring it down to people's levels, so he's so great at that. Again, we talked about this. He's a master teacher. He never left anything just saying it one way. He helped illustrate it and really bring it home, and so he brings it home here. He says, if you do this, your life will look like this. So we're going to look at verse 48 and 49, then we're going to get these cards. Here we go. He says, if you do what I say, you will be like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, Immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, in front of you this morning, you have a deck of cards. Every table has a deck, I hope, should be. That's why I double-checked. And we're going to have a bit of fun, because the kids get to have fun every week, and so we don't always get to, so we're going to do it this time. Because I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, man, I haven't built a house ever, but I have done something that's similar. I've built card houses, right? If you're ever bored and you're sitting around, maybe you had too much to drink or not enough to drink, or maybe there's nobody around. I don't know what you're doing, but you probably sat around with a deck of cards and said, huh, let me start putting this thing together. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. So I want everybody at your tables to work together as best you can. Now, this is going to be hard because some of you don't know each other, but that's okay. It's the time to get to know each other. And if you're by yourself, feel free to migrate to another table or just build your own house if you want to. So we're going to have fun. I want everybody at your table to work together to build a house of cards. I'm going to give you three minutes to do it. All right, just three simple minutes. All right, so go ahead and get started. Okay, here we go. <laughs> did, it, did, anybody, and you, did anybody get one actually? All right, they got one to stand up. That's good. Hey, they, got one to stand, they got one to stand up. They got a little one standing up. That's good. Anything's better than nothing. <laughs> All right, wow. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right, hey, they're the last minute. They come together. Perfect. All right, Dawn's still working. Now, I had to look this up, uh, but apparently, and you engineers probably know this, or anybody who's built a house probably knows this, apparently you can build a house without a foundation. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can do it, all right? You can. You can, you can put nice brick walls up. I mean, you could stack them hard and heavy, as long as they're going straight up, right? You can do hard and heavy straight up. You could put them up four sides. It can look really good. You can even put something super heavy on top of it. If you, if you just put it right on, you could set it right on top. You do all that, and from the outside, you could take a step back and say, man, that looks like a great house, right? This looks sturdy. It looks great. Everything's sealed up and mortared, and you got this big structure. It must be pretty, pretty good, right? Until you could take a break, and then you lean against a wall. And then the whole thing goes boom, all right? A house without a foundation can take pressure that's built up on top, right? You can layer, you can layer, you can layer, you can layer, and you can put something really heavy on it because it's all forcing it down. But as soon as you have pressure that comes in from the side, bloop, it all goes. 
It all goes. It could look super heavy. Just enough weight will completely destroy it. So just like those card houses, right? And you know if you had a good deck of cards, Steve, and you had a solid table, and you had whatever you needed to do, and you put this deck of cards together, you could build one that's super high, right? If you got really creative with it and had a lot of time. But as soon as you did what? As soon as a breeze blew, or as soon as you poked it on one part of the cards, it's all going to fall apart, right? It doesn't take anything for it to fall apart. Anything, because it doesn't have a foundation to build itself on. You didn't have tape, you didn't have glue, you couldn't build a foundation to make it stay where it's supposed to be. It's not going to hold itself together. It can't. It can't hold itself together. Like that house of cards and like a regular house that you built without a foundation, we build our lives that on the outside look nice and sturdy. They look great, right? Like I mentioned earlier, we may take a lot of time and effort to make sure that everybody thinks we have it together. But no matter how good it looks, when we build it without Jesus as the foundation, without listening to how he says to lay out the framing, without doing it all exactly like he lays it out, we're a house of cards ready to topple over. When anxiety attacks, when depression creeps in, when drama from friends and family threatens to drown us, when breakups happen, maybe that person in your life you think you can count on, you can't count on anymore, when sickness strikes, when, when death inevitably comes, either for us or a family member or someone we really love. Without Jesus, we fall apart. But when we turn everything over and ask for his help, each step of the way, we're on solid ground. Will life be crazy at times? Yes, absolutely it will be crazy. But you can stand against those storms. You can stand against the anxiety, the depression, the drama, when you know that no matter how hard the winds blow, no matter how high the water gets, that the foundation your life is built on is unmovable, is unshakable. And he and he alone will keep your life from crashing all the way down. So how do we make him our foundation? So if there's levels of commitment, there's levels of action, okay? So we did the come here, do, when we talked about levels of commitment to Jesus, so we're going to do come, here, and do in levels of action this morning. If you were to dig a foundation with a shovel, and you had a house to lay a foundation for, right, and you had to do it with a shovel, you'd have to do it a little bit at a time, right? Nobody's going to go out there and dig a whole house foundation with a shovel in one day, unless you're Superman, right? You're going to go out there and get it done. If you're just by yourself, you're digging it with a shovel, one shovel full at a time. Listening and following Jesus, putting him in charge, is a little-by-little process for most of us, all right? Little-by-little, one shovel full at a time. So start small. You know, what I hear and what 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 I understand is when I tell you to give your whole life over to Jesus, you say, oh, I got it. I'll give everything over. But it's hard to really quantify that, right? And it's hard to say, well, I, I want to do it, but I'm not quite sure I can. I don't know if I can let go of this one thing. One process, one thing at a time. Five minutes a day. It's called a, you know, you go to restaurants and you go to pizza places all the time. They have five, five, five deals. They give you a $5 menu or whatever. You can find it everywhere, right? So I got a $5 deal for you, a five-minute deal for you this morning. Come. Read the Word for five minutes a day. Open up your Bible. I don't care where you go. It doesn't matter where it's at. Find a spot and read for five minutes. That's not a lot. You can scroll on Facebook for an hour. You can find five minutes in, in the Bible. Five simple minutes, all right? You can even time yourself. <laughs> you can even pull up your phone and say, all right, let me set the timer. Five minutes right here, I'm going to do this. You can't do what Jesus is calling you to do unless you know what he has said. Spend five minutes, just five minutes. Hear him by spending at least five minutes in prayer. 
This is a hard one, super hard, because it takes a lot of focus, all right? And I know in our ADHD world, even for adults who may never been diagnosed, that if you're like me, you can't think but about one minute on something until you start thinking about something else, all right? So it's going to be hard. So you might want to start smaller than five, but I encourage you to build it up to at least five minutes a day where you're praying every day, first praying for others and then for yourself for five minutes. Next is do. You have to do what you've read. You have to do what you've heard by working on at least one week spot a day. All right, this is another hard one. If you have a hard time gossiping, spend five minutes trying to encourage somebody instead. If you have a hard time being generous, give somebody five minutes of your undivided attention. Whatever it is, don't just think about it. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Five minutes. One foundational shovel at a time. This is how your life changes. Total commitment to him takes time. It's a process. Work on it little by little and watch your life change. I guarantee you. You ever had Justin Wilson on PBS way back in the day? You might not have had him up here, but down there in Georgia, you had Louisiana Justin Wilson. He said, I guarantee. All right, so I guarantee that if, yeah, I know, <laughs> our culture, uh, he, was, he was a great guy. Anyway, so spend five minutes a day working on that, and I, I, I do, I guarantee it. You're going to see a change in your life. You're going to see it. One day at a time, little by level, one shovel full at a time, putting into practice what he's called us to do, and you'll see it change. Now for seekers this morning, Every week I say, this is a church for people who don't believe in Jesus first, right? So if you're coming here like, I don't know what I know about Jesus. I don't know if I know anything about him. I'm not quite sure what level of commitment that I am with him. I don't know if I'm ready to go all in yet. I don't know if I'm even ready to, 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 to go past the just coming and seeing stage. That's perfectly okay. I want to first of all thank you for hanging out with us. And it's so awesome. This is what we want to foster as a church is a place where people can come who are not necessarily church people. I'm not looking for church people. I'm looking for unchurched people. God was on a rescue mission to reach those who didn't know him, not all those who thought they had him figured out. So if you're here this morning and you don't know quite what you know about Jesus, we're super excited that you're here today. We want you to feel at home. But I also want you to examine your life. Look at your house. Look at the life you're building. Are you living with a life that looks really good on the outside, but inside things eh, maybe a little shaky? What's going to happen whenever the storms of life blow in, right? That's a question we need to ask before storms blow in, right? You don't need to find out how tough you are uh, in the middle of a tough situation. You can kind of do a check on yourself before you get that far to figure it out before you run into those situations. So ask yourself, what's going to happen? Now, I know where we live. I know that I'm sure if I asked you that and I said, what are you going to do when times get tough? You're going to say, I'm from Vermont, right? I know what I'm doing. I'm tough. I don't need anybody's help. When stuff blows around me or stuff going to get crazy on me, I'm just going to get crazy right back, and it's all going to be settled, and we'll be done with it, right? Get it, done. get it done. That's right. That's it. Now, you may be from New York, and that's fine, too, because I'm sure New Yorkers are the same way. You're going to buckle down, and you're going to plow, plow through. Anybody that can handle feet of snow every winter knows you just got to work your way through it. Eventually, it's going to come out all right, right? So maybe you're that person. Maybe you are. Maybe you think, man, life's hard. I just have to be harder. But the thing about stuff that's hard is that eventually it cracks. Under the right pressure, it'll shatter every time. And no matter how hard you try, you just can't quite get it back together the way it was before. It's like Humpty Dumpty, right? 
Everybody knows Humpty Dumpty. You can't quite put it together again just the way you had it before. So no matter how tough you are, it doesn't matter how hard you are, it doesn't matter how much you think you can handle it, eventually everybody cracks. What happens is when you crack, what do you do? So if that's you and you think, man, I don't know what would happen if, I, if it all fell down truly. If everybody I know left me, if my dog died, if I lived a country song in one day, what would happen, right? How would I process that? Play it backwards. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the alternative to playing it backwards would be find a foundation, right? If you're ready to have a foundation that's going to hold you up no matter how crazy life gets, then you need a rock to set it on. And if you're ready to begin following and not just knowing about Jesus, I'll explain to you how in just a minute. But maybe you're not quite ready. Maybe you're at a stage in your journey where you're not quite sure where Jesus fits in yet. If so, keep coming here. You're welcome here. We want to talk that journey with you. We want to walk that journey with you. We want to do the best we can to explain who Jesus is and why we live the way we live. I know it looks crazy from the outside looking in. I totally do. I'm totally okay being crazy if it means I'm following Jesus. Because I truly believe that is the best way. The only way to truly live is to die first and live for him. So if you want to experience that, if you want to step in and, and truly follow him, if you want to really do that and really fully commit to him, you can start today. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy to start. It's harder to follow, but it's easy to start. The word says that the mess in our lives this, this is what the Bible calls sin. It separates us from a relationship with God. There's a dividing wall here. You can't cross it. You can't beat it. You can't destroy it. You can't grow tall enough to make it past it. You can't tear it down. It's there. And then eventually, that mess, that sin, that dividing wall, is gonna, it's going to cost us our lives. It's going to separate us from him in eternity and from all the ones we love in a literal place called hell. Now, we hope that we can be good enough to not experience that, but the reality is no one is good enough. No one is good enough. But the good news is, no matter how messy your life is, no matter how deep you are in it, no one is too far gone for the grace of God. His love put him on a rescue mission. And he came from heaven in the God-man named Jesus to live a perfect life. He died a death that we deserve. He rose three days later to prove that death and hell is defeated. And to prove his sacrifice wasn't in vain. And he offers that foundation. He says, I am the rock Trust me. Trust me. He offers a better life now, an eternal life full of things, the best things spent with him. And he's already done it all. He's already done it all. The cross is complete. It's finished. The work is done. You can't work your way into it. He's finished it. He's simply waiting for you to accept, to believe it, and to follow. If you're ready for that this morning, we'll have a time to do that in just a minute. For believers this morning, Sometimes we can get just enough of Jesus to know we don't need him, right? Following Christ isn't just about coming on Sundays, although it's important. It's not just about following a long list of do's and don'ts. It's about being all in. It's about waking up every day and asking Jesus what his plans are for us and doing it with all that we have. Now, I don't know how solid your foundation is with Jesus, but I do ask that you commit with me this morning. Take it one day at a time, one shovel at a time learning to follow with wholehearted devotion. Let's pray.